0: This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 115, about Gotham, A Dark Knight, season 4. We're doing our season 4 recap with the Legends of Gotham. So this is Legends of Gotham TV Podcast, episode 4.
1: I'm David Mazouz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV
0: Podcast. This is Robin Lord taylor and you're
2: listening to Gotham TV
0: Podcast. Yes, welcome back, Gothamites. Uh, if you don't know yet, since uh, since Drew and Robin and uh, David did introduce us, this is Gotham TV Podcast, but we're not alone this week. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Derek.
3: Hi, I'm one of your other hosts, John. And we are joined here by our Legends of Gotham Hosts as well, or ex-hosts, um Amory and Bill. Welcome,
1: welcome to Legends Hello. of Gotham, uh, where we talk where about we talk about series Goth- Goth- Gotham. Gotham, <laughs> oh, my- Gotham.
3: Gotham. 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 Yay, there
0: Gotham. you go.
1: What year is it? What year is it? How's it going, guys?
0: Good deal, great. Yeah, yeah, great to have you guys with us. It's been been a long time.
1: Thanks for oh, having yeah, us. That's- well, it doesn't feel like that long to me because I've actually been listening to you guys' podcast since we don't do one anymore. I was like, I need some Gotham in my life. So, you know, you guys have been doing a great job. You've been doing a great job. I think. I think you've. You've definitely stepped into Legends of Gotham's shoes as my favorite Gotham podcast. (laughs)
0: Excellent. That's saying a lot. That's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, uh, if you don't know, listeners, uh, Legends of Gotham was a Gotham podcast for the first three seasons of the show. Um, They were doing the run at the American pace, uh, which we eventually stepped up and took over uh, for season four. So, yes, we did kind of take your take your shoes rather than step into your shoes. (laughs)
4: We
1: gave well, them what... over willingly.
0: Okay. Yes. We gave them
1: over. <laughs> we I've... also put some like deodorizer on them and stuff so they weren't too stinky. <laughs> that's so, so thoughtful.
3: <laughs> yes, my feet haven't been the same since.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nor should they be. Should they be.
3: <laughs> yeah, season four of Gotham. Um, first half has already gone through, and we'll be getting the second half there from the 1st of March mm-hmm. with episode 12, Pieces of a Broken Mirror. Um, and yeah, we'll be covering it here on, on Gotham TV Podcast. And it's really good that we can look back at the first uh, 11 episodes of Gotham Season 4 with anne and Bill from Legends of Gotham.
0: Yes, really important question. Uh, Anne-Marie and Bill, did you watch the first half of Season 4? <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> Otherwise... Yes. Twice! We watched it as it aired, and then in the past two days, we have watched all 11 episodes again, back-to-back-to-back. Wow. To
1: back to back. Yeah, very because un- unlike you guys who have the advantage of, you're doing these podcast episodes, you're probably watching them a couple times in mm-hmm. a row. Uh, since we weren't doing the podcast sh- this year, we kind of watched it on Thursday night, and then it just kind of flew out the back of our heads. So we <laughs> had to catch up a little bit over the past day or so. But uh, really good season overall. Oh yeah, absolutely.
3: Yes, definitely. Definitely, yeah. I mean, really enjoyed uh, this, this first half of the season, um, and I'm really excited to see what comes for the second half. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You guys, I presume, are sort of chomping at the bit to see what comes. I, it looks like oh, more chaos. It definitely looks like more chaos and like craziness, uh, which I think they've uh, grooved quite well, actually.
1: Oh, yeah, and it definitely feels like this next half of the season is going to focus very pointedly on the villains, which I'm very excited about, you know, uh, not to get into spoilery territory, but there are some characters coming back. Well, I guess we saw him at the end of the (laughs) mid-season finale. So yeah, Jerome's going to be back, which is awesome. And it seems like the villains are all going to be just teaming up, which which is really cool. Uh, Finally, you know, a, a Justice League of villains, I guess, or a rogues gallery, if you will.
0: Yes, very excited to see that. And yeah, I'm kind of intrigued because when, uh, when I think David Mazouz uh, revealed a bit of this and so did, uh, so did Cameron Monaghan that there will be a big team up of all the villains we've seen since season one. And what that does to my head goes, ooh, who are they actually teasing there? Who got killed in season one that may be coming back uh, in season four?
1: Bring that fish! Yeah, <laughs> that
0: fish! fish needs to come I don't know if back. that
1: would go so well. <laughs> I don't think so either,
0: now. Maybe we'll get
3: Moroni back.
1: That would be. I oh. I love Maroni. Maroni. I, Maro- I like awesome. Maroni more than Falcone. Right. So That's... if they, if they brought him back, that would be awesome.
3: Maybe zombie Maroni and Falcone, mm-hmm. like
1: from Zom-Broni. the dead. <laughs> Z-
2: Zon
3: Maroni. Yeah. Zonbroni.
0: <laughs> I like <laughs> nice. it. that. Sounds like a, a, an Italian dinner. It does. It does. Look, so actually, yeah. I tell
1: you. actually, the, the way I said it, Zombroni, it sounds like a zombie brony, which isn't exactly oh. what we're going for. Oh yeah. That's no. a whole
4: different kettle
1: of fish. <laughs> uh, you guys might know bronies are fan. Uh, Middle-aged male fans of My Little Pony yeah. over here in the states. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so.
2: that would
3: be a very different character for David Ayer to play, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah
2: <laughs> yes,
1: <definitely.
3: laughs> But I don't think My Little Ponies would last too long with zombies attacking them they're either. Probably yeah, not. No. I don't no. think so. Yeah. I think the pink... I don't know.
1: They're, they're resilient.
3: Yeah, but the pink may turn to red very quickly. <laughs> All right, and that gruesome note. Uh,
0: nice, nice kick-off start, John. Um, just one quick announcement before we go into it. Actually, two quick announcements before we go into our details of our Season 4 recap. Um, we are doing our Line of the Week competition for anybody who has been following along. Uh, they've been leaving us our fav- their favourite moments of each of the Gotham episodes throughout the season. We'd expected to announce our prize for um, for that uh, after during this episode, actually, and, and at the start of the next season. But unfortunately the makers of the prize have decided to push it back uh, to June of this year, 2018, so we don't even know if we have the prize. Yeah. Um, Our (laughs) our prize will be... An IOU. Well, basically, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But for... Our Oswald Cobblepot artifacts statue. Uh, yes. Pretty cool looking statue if you've seen any images of it. Um, we have some up on the Facebook group a couple of months ago. We'll post them up again. Uh, we're really hopeful we can get our hands on one of these because it's been pushed back again. Um, I'm conscious that we have to check our pre-order and make sure it's carried over.
3: Yeah. If we can't get our hands on uh, one of the statues, well, then an IOU is all you're going to get. Well, maybe we'll get a better prize than an IOU, John. Yeah. Maybe.
1: Well, you guys were saying before the show that if if it never ends up being made that you guys are gonna make one yourself and send it out, right? right? Yes,
0: yes. It might be made out of a, <laughs> Yeah. might be made out of a
3: Dalek statue. I or... don't know whether that would work. Um well I mean we could do some kind of pottery statue where it might look like he is clayface rather than the paint pe- actually, yes, clayface. That's interesting. Nice. There we I like go. the
1: other idea too. Just get a Dalek statue and then put a wig on it. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> it's, it's an exclusive Gotham
0: TV and a brawley one-off. <laughs> Yes. Uh, right. On that note, oh, the other announcements, sorry, a very important announcement. Um, we hopefully will be joined by David Mazuz uh, later on this week for um, a discussion about uh, season four so far. Um, he will hopefully be recording with me tomorrow uh, about his thoughts about the show. So uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast to get that. Uh, hopefully we'll have it out before the first episode of season four and a half, I guess, uh, airs next uh, Thursday, the 1st of March. i um, very excited to talk to David
3: again. Yeah, it'd be sure. excellent. Yeah, I, I I can't be there, sadly. Uh, work commitments have meant that I will be in France, but nonetheless, that'll be really exciting. We had a really good interview with him at Heroes Villains Fan Fest in London. Um, he was really, really interesting, mm-hmm. really articulate, uh, and really just up for a good discussion about the character. Um, so you can definitely check that over on our Podcast over at Apple Podcasts. Just head on over to Gothamtvpodcast.com dot com forward slash iTunes, which is I suppose ye oldie way of saying yes. Apple Podcasts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, I think it's time to get into our discussion about season four of Gotham. You guys ready, Anne Marie and Bill? Woo-hoo! Yes, indeed. Good, good. Uh, Anne Marie, do you want to kick us off? What's your overall feeling on the first half of Gotham season four? How did you, you feel about?
4: Well, that was very bloody. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the question or Gotham uh, season four?
4: Yes, all of Gotham, there's so much blood. This, mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I forgot how much there was, but when we were rewatching, I'm like, and there's a ripped off arm, smack, smack, smack. <laughs> oh, we're yeah. eating people. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. But amazing. I don't think
1: anyone got their eye assaulted this season yet, though. <gasps> That's true.
4: No, there wasn't any eye jabbing.
1: No. There was no eye violence.
4: There was discussion of it, though.
1: They oh, yes. were going yes. to
4: feed them their eyeballs. But it wasn't practical.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: Actually, that had that had been uh, quite a, a specific thing for Gotham for the first three seasons, wasn't it? It was all about the eyes.
1: Oh, oh yeah, it oh, yeah. was. <laughs> yeah i'm back on legends of gotham we we always focused on it because i have this huge fear of something happening to my eyes so it was like they were constantly picking at it and exploiting it oh, and right. uh, that's why we stopped the podcast actually no, <laughs>
0: <laughs> this one's for you bill yeah <laughs> bill overall what's your what's your feelings on the first half uh
1: overall i i thought it was a very strong season uh, so far I, I think maybe it suffered a little bit by trying to introduce too many new characters so late in the series i mean obviously hopefully we have a few more seasons left here mm-hmm. but it just felt like they were trying to introduce too many new faces when we we're really wanting to focus more on bruce because you know that if the and i'll get into this a little bit more later but the, the end of the second episode with bruce standing on the building and clicking on the mask and everything
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was just this huge promise for his story over the season which i don't know if they've delivered on in part because they've been focusing on these new characters like uh, sophia Falcone and some of the others and And I mean, that's not to say that I'm complaining about those characters in particular. I just think it's made for a crowded season and they kind of lost that kind of that hook that they they got in me in episode two. But overall, I've liked it. Um, I I will say, too, that uh, I think it's Officer Harper at the GCPD. Yes, it seems like they they keep. Focusing on her, but they haven't really built her up much as as a character. She's been more of a prop, and and I I'd li- love to either see her get more focus or, you know, go away and you know we just get Bullock back more, right. you know, something like that. But I'm again, terrified very they're old-
4: gonna kill her off. I'm terrified they're gonna kill her off. They keep killing off all good characters.
0: Yeah, there was absolutely that moment where they were uh, where they had focused on her a little bit too much in one of the episodes, without giving anything as you mm-hmm. as you say, Bill, without giving anything specific to do. A lot of lines coming from her. And it absolutely mm-hmm. felt like they were going to kill her. That was the that was the moment. It was <laughs> one of those uh, one of those Walking Dead type moments where the exactly. character appears from the background and then gets killed off in the same episode. Once you care about them, mm-hmm. but luckily they haven't done that with Harper yet. Not yet.
1: <laughs> if I'm thinking of the same moment, you are. It was like they kind of like rolled the camera around to like this hero shot of her, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, she's dead.
0: Yep, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, John, any other thoughts about season four, suffer?
3: Yeah, I mean definitely agree with bloody i think um i i think they really got into a groove actually um uh this season i, I really enjoyed it i thought it's kind of where everything really coalesced into a really strong thing it, it's interesting you say about um uh the whole promise of david Mazous putting on the 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 hockey mask kind of thing <laughs> um you know i thought exactly the same and of course they kind of pulled him in a different direction you know where he kind of went you know from that to then suddenly being a killer uh, of Rachel ghoul, then party animal you know guilt ridden mm-hmm. teenager, so they really kind of pulled him back from that a bit, but I know you were saying about all the ensemble but i I really think um I kind of really think that Gotham does ensemble really well I think um mm-hmm. like There are so many characters, you're absolutely right. And there is the potential that you do lose some of them, you know, or certain things get forgotten about. I mean, you know, for example, I think Captain Barnes is still in the wind somewhere. He's like, where is he? What's he doing? And of course, they've not spent any time necessarily with where he's gone to hide out, be the executioner or whatever. But I -hmm. think in the main, they really kind of, they're able to flip between so many different storylines in an episode that i'm kind of amazed that they can do it and it still kind of makes sense actually um so i think that's been really strong Mm -hmm. um and i've like seen some of the i like the scarecrow coming back i have to say oh yes oh yes i am
0: certain we may be talking about that in our in our top five Points of the season, do you think, John?
3: I think oh, maybe possible. just a little. Yeah, <laughs> um,
0: for me, for me, yeah, there definitely some great introductions of, of newer characters or uh, or returning characters this season. I'm really intrigued by uh, by some of the things that have, that have been going on. Uh, Davin Mazouz stepping up his his storyline with with Alfred has been fantastic for me this season. Uh, I know. The promise of a Batman was coming at the start of the season. They set it up. The season's called the Dark Knight, after all. Um, and yeah, they did take that away pretty quickly. But having Rachel Gould in there and having uh, and having a lot of interesting Bruce and Alfred scenes throughout the season, I think made up for it a little bit for me.
3: Although their second half of season four is very bat heavy, it certainly is. A lot of bats. Mm-hmm.
1: It's looking that way for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, very much so. In the spirit of Round
0: Table. We've gone around, (laughs) all four of us. So back to Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie, do you want to give us one of your favorite moments of the season, in season four? Okay,
4: so one of my favorite moments of the whole season was Bruce at the auction buying everything in sight while (laughs) in the character. Like, just going, I'll take that, I'll take that. I just absolutely loved it because he was showing a little bit of that in-control playboy that he sort of becomes as an adult. Mm -hmm. Um, And it maybe it gave him a little too much of a enjoying that lifestyle since his little rebel rebellion starts after killing um, Raj. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I just thought it was really fun that he wasn't scared of like um, Babs and all that coming up to him and everything. Like it was neat to see that he was being strategic even when Alfred thought he was just, you know, throwing his money around.
0: Oh yes. That was a fantastic scene actually. Really, really good. And and nice, and nice to see Bruce's awareness of it afterwards when he's kind of um unloading with Alfred afterwards and saying I knew exactly what I was doing don't think I'm crazy kind of thing that's uh it's it's nice to see that side I know I know it's it's something that we were expecting to see this season is the other side of Bruce you can't just be sitting at home training every day so uh we going to see party boy Bruce a lot
3: this season yeah I very much so (laughs) definitely I I definitely loved that as well Mm -hmm. um I mean I, I was laughing my head off really at it because it was just done so well and because it's out of character, as you say, because he's being mm-hmm. in character for someone else, and so it just made it all the more kind of delicious, really. So I think how he did it, and it also just looked like he was having so much fun with it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you know,
1: yeah. that was definitely the first appearance uh last season, I think, uh, with the clone Bruce. We called him Yanni Bruce. This yes. season, Bruce <laughs> oh, is God. Paris Hilton Bruce. <laughs> yes. so I think that was, that was like the first glimpse of Paris Hilton, Bruce, which I, I absolutely love. And I, I'm sure, you know, Bruce Wayne will keep a little, at least a little bit of that in his uh, personality moving forward as he transitions to the bat.
3: Yeah, well, he certainly was, yeah, Paris Hilton. Um, you know, there was a lot of drink a lot of late mornings um mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> a little bit puking in the little hello miss hello miss yeah <laughs> yes. exactly yes um i think even alfred had to sort of prime away from two ladies yes. in the same bed so i mean yes yeah, yes. yeah. paris quite an adventure. hill yeah absolutely um wild and wonderful i suppose for for david moussa yes. oh i should i say bruce wayne of course um Bill, what's your one of your top five moments?
1: Uh, well, my first uh, of the top five moments is actually related to Bruce Wayne, too. And I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. It's that very ending of episode two where he's on the building and he clicks the mask on. It's just it, it held so much promise for me. And it was like, OK, they're they're doing it. They're leaning into it. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. And it, it felt like the official start of the mission, you know, the big overarching you know batman mission but uh, then they have the one failure come in and it sort of sends them down this dark paris hilton path <laughs> I, it created a ton of hype for me right there at the beginning of the season but mm. at this point i i, I feel like it, it was a bit of a misstep to pull him back and make him a reluctant hero again because it felt like at the end of episode two it felt like he was fully embracing this destiny and then one screw up and he's off the, off the grid again. But I, I mean, I know the kid that uh, getting killed by Roz really didn't help him, nor having to kill Roz himself.
2: But mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I do hope that this path uh, will eventually lead him down a path that sort of puts him in a rematch with Roz, who isn't dead. And he can kind of, you know, in action on the screen, resolve this inner conflict inside of him moving forward. So uh, that was probably the the highest point of the season for me and it also probably one of my greatest disappointments for the season that it hasn't quite lived up to the promise of that moment yet right
3: yeah 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 and of course when after he kills raz there is that awesome moment with skeleton raz as well where the skeleton's mm-hmm. jaw just drops down um, in kind of mock mm-hmm. shock horror as well as to what's just happened yeah. <laughs> that was classic i thought
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And uh, and yeah, uh, regardless of, you know, what happened on screen, there's no way that character's dead within the larger mythos. I mean, even if he doesn't come back on Gotham, if they Mm -hmm. ever do like after Gotham novels or books or comics, I'm sure he'll pop back up somewhere.
0: He's certainly going back, especially because we had that moment with uh, with Aaron Richards, Barbara Keane, where he transfers some sort of essence to her uh yes before he gets killed i want
4: to see more of that yes i want to know what exactly happened there Mm
0: -hmm. yeah what is that yellow glow yes i'm I'm assuming essence Mm -hmm. i'm assuming it's something that she's going to be able to transfer back into him somehow but i think that's actually coming up i think that's coming up in about episode 16 of of season four no 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 spoilers but uh i think it's about episode 16 we're expecting to get a little bit more of that uh coming up excellent I, i Definitely know what you mean. I think the, the, there's a moment within Episode 2, Bill, where, uh, where Lucius Fox delivers his updated version of the uh, of the suit uh, to protect Bruce uh, as they open up the box and the two of them look at the, uh, Alfred and Bruce, look at the uh, the new suit that's been there. And that was a really exciting moment. That was probably teased in every trailer that we saw for, for three or four months before <laughs> Season 4. So um, so I know what you mean. It was definitely teasing that this is the start of the bat. It's, it, he's coming. It's still one of the things that I find difficult about accepting that we are going to get back batman is that we haven't seen any bats in the show ever not even like you know in the local church or um anywhere you know? <laughs> but no bats yet we
3: need a bat to be yeah. batman right <laughs> yeah yeah well i reckon bats are coming yes bats yeah.
1: are coming. my my personal theory right now actually is that scarecrow's gonna hit bruce with some fear fear gas and he's gonna see bats they like i think that's the moment that we've seen in the trailers and stuff so far i like it that uh, it's fear juice i
0: like it a lot yes yeah like it a lot uh, john do you want to give us your one of your top points for that oh
3: well, mine is definitely oink oink um professor pig <laughs> and certainly with his meat pie tango as well um i mean for me i think this really just linked in with my horror sensibilities you know it was that kind of macabreness that he brought to the show but in that I think uniquely Gotham way where it was delivered with so much panache and kind of a real dark sense of humor. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I just thought he weaved through the the first half of the season as well really nicely in terms of, you know, being that front uh, to- against uh Gordon at, at the start you know being his adversary mm-hmm. you know the chase mm-hmm. around the narrows and all that really delivering some sucker punches uh, to him it was linking in with the feud between um Sophia Falcone and Penguin which we didn't necessarily think that he was a part of and at, you know where we have that meat pie tango um which is just really just a great nod to Sweeney Todd um you know mm-hmm. the the butcher barber of um London yes. and uh mm-hmm. I, and then of course the reveal that he has actually been employed by um Sophia Falcone when you know the queen takes night uh, that that final episode mm-hmm. and then of course yes potentially he's he's dead but is he really? This is um, Gotham. <laughs> this is Gotham. <laughs> no, no one's Gotham, ever dead. No, yeah. and I really want to see him back, because I just thought he added so many piggy layers to this. You know, <laughs> It was so good. Um, yeah, and Derek has an interesting theory on the fact that... Well, o- oh, over God. to you, Derek, because... I can't claim any credit for it <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: well, it was just it was just the fact that he had pointed out quite early on in the show, and we mentioned this earlier on for our regular listeners, so I hope you don't mind me, uh, me repeating it. Um, but the fact that he had left a letter or a note on the wall for, for Jim Gordon and misspelt his name as Pig rather than P-Y-G, um, to me kind of would be odd considering he had a whole creation of why he got his name and why he chose the name Pig as in Pygmalion, not Pig as in as in a little piggy. going um, So it would be very bizarre of him to misspell his name on a note.
3: Yes. And so it could be that the person shot by um, Jim Gordon Was is not? not Professor, Professor Pig. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh. There you go. And certainly with all the facial reconstruction that that was happening in the pig world at the time Mm -hmm. that maybe... Oh, like
1: maybe Pig uh, brought someone else to that doctor's and had them reconstruct their face and then send in kind of like a dummy? Yeah. yep. Oh, I like that.
0: not far Mm -hmm. beyond Gotham to do that.
1: One other possibility, and I can't remember what his relationship to the Falcone family was, but, uh, you know, the first time gets punched and his face goes all out of whack mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of like a clay face sort of effect oh yeah so I, yes! I mean, maybe maybe that could have been clay face too I, I mean I, like i said i don't remember what his relationship was to the Falcone family
0: mm-hmm. um but yeah the last time we saw him he was working for ed trying to uh drive oh, uh, Oswald oswald's crazy right he uh, mm. he dressed him up as his father and tried to drive oswald crazy so he is still out there yeah
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you never know. Out there,
1: just clay facing around. Just clay facing yeah. around,
0: making himself
3: look like anybody that he wants to look like. <laughs> exactly. I mean, taking I'm, shots to the head. It's a nice tool in the toolkit to <laughs> oh, yeah. have, isn't it? It's like you can just chuck it in as it was clayface. Yes, Perfect. absolutely, and, and yeah.
0: always something that we return to quite a lot uh, during the comic books. If ever they wanted to get themselves out of a really sticky jam, oh, it was clayface that was that was uh, pretending to be Robin that day for some reason, uh, you know, it's a great way to, yeah, it, to get
1: people out. It was nice to also kind of having a revisit of the whole concept of there being a, a surgeon in Gotham who reconstructs people's faces for them. Cause I think they set that up in like season two or three, didn't they, where they like, there was like an investigation and it, it kind of glanced them past this doctor who would reconstruct people's faces. Yes. So it's kind of nice to have them touch back on that. Oh yes.
0: They're, yeah. they're, they're getting very good at that. One of the things that we did notice throughout the course of season four is that now they kind of have, they're directors and writers set in stone. Pretty much every episode of season four so far, if, I, if I'm right, uh, was written by someone mm-hmm. who'd at least written an episode previously of Gotham and directed by someone that had directed a, a previous episode of Gotham or starred in it, as nice. we saw with, uh, with Ben McKenzie. So they've really got the right people who know this history and know these characters on board to, to keep it going and keep, these, keep it feeling like a real city rather than a, a, a show just featuring uh, Jim Gordon. So, um, yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Bill.
3: Derek? Uh, what's your one of your top five moments of this first season you know speaking about comic books and speaking of comic book origins um we
0: got the wonderful butch gilzean translation over into grundy <laughs> in slaughter <laughs> swamp i was shocked at how they were able to use the creation of the character back from the 40s uh, back to the 50s and 40s uh, and create this character of grundy As interestingly as they did, I thought it was so much fun. It really felt like they were going all out to show that they can do proper moments from the comic. It's almost like there's there's bits of it where you can look panel versus screen. And they did a great job with it. Having Mm -hmm. Drew change over into Grundy is a bit weird. And the fact that (laughs) he's starting to change back at the end of this season is also a bit weird. But that was with the aid of quite heavy lead piping from, um, <laughs> from, from his wonderful ex girlfriend, who is willing to uh, do anything to get her man back. Yeah, including re- beat him repeatedly around the head.
4: Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes, whatever yeah, it takes. True love,
2: true love.
4: <laughs>
0: but I really enjoyed it, and it, and it, it led into probably my favourite character interactions this season, which is really between our new, our new Ed, Nigma, this now kind of softer Ed Nigma who's lost his mind a little bit. And the mm. stupider, uh, Grundy, who's not realized everything that Ed's done to him in the past. And they have this really interesting, fun relationship, fun friendship, uh, also involving uh, Leslie Tompkins. So, what, oh, Grund, Grundinkins? Is that where we where we eventually landed on our, on our threesome day?
1: <laughs>
0: I think oh, so. Are you guys shipping
1: like, Leslie and Grundy?
0: Oh, oh, all three. So, it's, it's Grund, Grundinkins okay. is, is our, oh, our, no, our <laughs> grouping there. Yeah, it's a
3: grouping
1: Quite a crowded fight club is, I think, the way you guys say it over there. There you go. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
3: (laughs) I mean, it's funny. I I did feel sorry that he was sort of like, obviously, because it's Grundy and the character, but that he was kind of limited to me Grundy all the time. Um, You know, as an actor, I suppose you want to move towards Shakespeare. (laughs) And (laughs) this kind of did the, the reverse. But I think... There was, there's still so much depth, and, and I suppose just there, there was so much kind of. I mean, we've got a bit of a special place for for Drew Powell, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. I think um, you know he he really did certainly as it moved forward, it, it went beyond that. And you had that, you, you had the bloody album beatings. You had, you know, his, his relationship with Ed and uh, Leslie Tompkins. And then obviously when the Tigress comes in and, you know, is trying to find the person that, you know, she used to love and care for. So it, well, it, it, it did work up really nicely, but I'm glad it didn't just do the, you know, me Grundy you Jane or something <laughs> like that, you know.
4: Very true. It, it, he gave him an opportunity to do a lot of physical acting though like while yeah. he didn't have much lines to work with his physicality was so different from being butch mm-hmm. to being grundy that it was really neat to see the transition especially then at the end when he sort of is slipping back into butch and mm-hmm. it gives a journey itself just in the physicality
1: exactly yeah honestly if i if i have one complaint about the way grundy went down it's just that it's being played uh, by the same actor who played butch which uh we've come to know and love over the years so it just feels a little bit like oh he's being wasted here but at the same token you know if they had just brought in a new actor to play the character wouldn't have that same complaint we'd be going on and on and on about how awesome grundy is and how comics accurate he is yes so i mean if they, if there's one complaint it's just that man i kind of missed that butch guy i wish he'd show up every once in a while which he did that one little instant
0: yes yes mm-hmm. and he does have another line as well john actually come to think of he does have a uh, pretty lady which he calls uh, Tabitha. Ah, a few yes. that's just got a few more oh, lines.
4: Lady.
0: <laughs> he that, just
1: doubled his paycheck. There you go. There you go. Well,
0: he did. He did get his. Uh, he did get his um, center of cast at the start of season four, so he's now uh, a main regular on the show. So we will be seeing Grundy for <laughs> quite a while ahead. But I'm, I'm wondering how they're going to resolve it. I'm wondering how they're going to see. Will we get him Grundy body with uh, with Butch Gilzean brain for a little while?
3: That'd be interesting.
1: I kind of <laughs> hope so, actually. He could he could become a bouncer in Vegas like the Hulk did back in the 90s, I if like you guys it. remember that.
3: <laughs> I like it. Very nice. Very
0: nice. Um, and, Marie, do you want to take us on with another point for season four?
1: Yes.
4: Um. I, this actually kind of leads into it. I love Lee becoming Queen of the Narrows. Oh, yes. And uh, mm. it, it's by far my favorite version of Lee. Mm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, it gives her a little bit of something. Like, she still has her doctor compassion that she's always had. But she, she gets a little grittier. She's constantly drinking from a flask. and But she's taking responsibility for what she did under the touch virus. Mm-hmm. And she's defending them. She's improving them. And this is either going to go really, really nice, or it will literally blow up in her face. And I'm kind of interested to see <laughs> what direction that's going to go. <laughs> Do you know, like, it's the Gotham. Po- the poison antidote trick was so funny. Like, here, Catch. Cr- there you go.
0: Yeah, that was really, really good. And yeah, I think we one of the comments we made about her was it's not kind of nice to see her separated from um, from Jim Gordon this season. Uh, some of our listeners were were talking about it as well, saying that they kind of had this. This whole rebounding thing between Leslie and Jim over and over again kind of felt like a waste of of Leslie Thompson's character. And giving her something else to do this season has been so much fun. And she's really been, you can tell she's been enjoying it. Uh, It's as if they kind of went on the show. We've obviously let you guys be together way too much since you're now married. So we need to separate you two (laughs)
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Plus, I think it was. It, this is like the biggest kick in the butt the character's gotten towards the version of Leslie we know from the comics, where she, you know, she's a doctor with the downtrodden, and taking care of people who don't have any other way to help themselves. Yes, you know. So, so I, I thought that was very important, and because I, I, the entire series really uh, since she came onto the show, I've been like, how are they going to get this character positioned over to where she can. You know, be helping out the poor and helping out Batman when he needs it. And I think, you know, this season definitely got her 70% of the way there. So I'm interested to see that last 30%. Very,
0: yeah, very true. Very true. And I wonder, will we, uh, will we see a relationship struck up with uh, the former butler at Wayne Manor?
1: Ooh. Leslie yeah. Yeah,
3: because like their that.
1: first meeting, Alfred was kind of flirting with yeah. him, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. Yep. I like that.
3: There would be a bit of a turnaround. And actually, because Alfred's been kicked out of Wayne Manor, um, he's kind of living on the streets a bit. You know, he's cardboard boxing it under a few railway arches at the moment. So, um, you know, that could be down by the Narrows. So you never know. He could get taken in by Leslie and uh, there could be yeah some sweet romance. You never know.
1: I like that theory because it provides a lot of awkwardness for the characters on the screen as well as the actors on set. Since you know
0: Ben and her, <laughs> and her and everything. Don't you dare kiss so my girl, kiss my wife, all yeah. <laughs> Always like awkwardness on the screen. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's a really good one. I definitely, I, I totally agree with Anne Marie. That's uh, that's a high point for this season. Is giving uh, Leslie something quite significant to do in the show. It's been been really enjoyable to watch her.
3: Yeah, definitely, yes, absolutely. Bill, do yes. you have a second one?
1: No, that was my only moment for the season, sorry. <laughs> this one, that's it. <laughs> no, but this is a bit of a repeat, but it's just, its like a, a folk acoustic cover of a rock and roll song. So I, my second <laughs> top moment is Solomon, the Solomon Grundy Nigma team-up. Oh, yes. Now, the, the reason I love this so much is because I love contrast. And now with Ed being sort of... Maybe intentionally dumb uh, for the first uh, part of the season. <laughs> I thought teaming him up with him up with uh, Grundy uh, was a really brilliant way to still make him seem like the smartest guy in the room, even though you know the scale came down a little bit. Uh, and uh, you know, like I said, it, it feels like a bit of a waste of an actor for Drew Powell, but I feel like they're leading somewhere with it, so I'm going to let it stand. But I also really just love that it. it allowed them to introduce the set, the whole setting of that fight club within the Narrows, because, you know, Gotham never feels more Gotham than when there's a bunch of rapscallion ne'er-do-wells, you know, in an underground bunker watching two people beat the hell out of each other. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we got a lot of that this season, and, and even just, like, little moments they had in there, like the, the Penguin pantomiming that I did, I was just brilliant. Like, I, I saw so many moments just from that pantomiming where I was like, this would have been our... our album cover artwork if we were still doing the podcast, you know, just (laughs) that, that, I, that silhouette on the ring, just
2: Mm -hmm. beautiful. That was perfect. Beautiful.
1: But yeah. And overall it's just, while a lot of the other characters were making the major motions in the season, it really gave a good way to have Ed kind of stand out there front and center and kind of get more, more defined down on who the Riddler is. And I think that's where they're leading for, for the second half of the season that, you know, where he, he was very sure of himself in last season's episodes mm-hmm. and he thought he knew who the Riddler was. I think this is finally going to allow him to become the Riddler Riddler that we all know from the comics and he's not going to be self-doubting. He's not going to have, you know, these love triangles with penguin to sort out and everything. And we're going to see him fully revealed in some sort of big, big way before the end of the season. I'm hoping.
3: Oh, like us. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like it. I definitely agree that, you know, the riddler needs to stand alone um, as well, mm-hmm. and I I think that'd be yeah, it'd be really good to see that kind of separation with the penguin because I th- I think that was really good, and um, but it's only so far you can probably take that I think, but mm-hmm.
1: exactly. I, I- and I'm sure there's fan fictions out there who have taken it that far and further. So. <laughs> That's very, <laughs> well, very yeah. true.
0: Uh, and lots, lots of them. And lots of people on Twitter who are very unhappy with, uh, with Ed and Leslie Tompkins' relationship at the moment as well, unfortunately.
4: Mm. Um, oh.
0: But I, I'm thinking the new love triangle is going to be Alfred and Ed and uh, and uh, Leslie Tompkins, obviously, being the part of the head of that okay. triangle.
4: There you go. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I now like that it. we have uh, Mir Ed back again, this should mm-hmm. be definitely taking a quick turn somewhere yeah yeah Yeah. i
3: mean i don't know about paris hilton but this is sounding like the kardashians i
1: think (laughs) (laughs) all all i'm gonna say is the only characters i've been shipping this season are grundy and dog boy that's it oh
2: yes (laughs) (laughs) love
0: it john do you want to take us on with your next point about gotham season four
3: i am um I was it's kind of slightly bittersweet, I suppose. I think I absolutely loved um the Scarecrow returning. Um and I just wish they had done more in in the first half of the season with him. Um, I really liked uh Charlie Tahan as Jonathan Crane back in was it season two now? Um, was well, season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah, lo-
1: yeah, it was season one. Yeah, I loved wow. those
3: two episodes of him and his and his father and just seeing, you know, the the that kind of start to the Skirker and to see him come back i think in, in at the start in fact yeah in uh, episode 1 um, really good. Continues into episode two, and I really thought you sh- need to have the you know the Halloween episode with um, Scarecrow here. Yes, and of course they they didn't, and then he kind of just faded uh, away from the rest of the season. And um, it's almost a bit like uh, with uh, what you were saying, Bill, about um, Bruce. And uh, you know there was the promise of of Bruce on top of the building, and I think here you had the promise of jonathan crane as the scarecrow and um, just mm-hmm. wreaking havoc uh in gotham i mean i loved the the clowns in uh arkham asylum to warden reed where he he's mm-hmm. gassed him I, I just thought that was a really good bit of um filming like some of the some of the imagery of it again it, connecting in with my kind of horror sensibilities but i um absolutely thought it was fantastic and i do i think charlie Tahan really kind of When he had the the mask off, he really kind of showed that kind of pain and turmoil that Jonathan Crane Mm -hmm. ultimately Mm -hmm. was in. He he had a really great uh, expression that he acted and and he could put on his face that really kind of showed that he was just as scared as this thing in his (laughs) mind uh, as anyone else. Um, And as well, I think another bittersweet part of that for me would just be I suppose if he's going to have the mask on full time yes you don't necessarily need Charlie to hand but we will get David W Thompson as um the the new scarecrow behind the mask so I'm really interested to see how he kind of takes um that character mm. because I think for me I, I really enjoyed how uh there was a fairly tragic figure of Jonathan Crane played by charlie tahan uh be- you know behind that monster uh that is the scarecrow uh, and just what craziness he can um, you know. Inject in into Gotham, and I, I, it'd be interesting. I really hope your your theory pans out. Actually, Bill, that he is the one that gives the Batman the Bat scare Basically, that'd be excellent.
1: Oh, definitely. And I, I think you know the creators have said that specifically the last half of the season is very inspired by the that I I, I think it might have been Jeff. Was it Jeff Loeb who did the Long Halloween? Yeah, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, but it's very influenced by the long Halloween, which Scarecrow has a big part in, obviously. And you know, we're not obviously Gotham isn't taking place day and date of the day it airs. Mm-hmm. uh So, so I mean, we st- I think we still have an opportunity for maybe like a big Scarecrow Halloween episode. I, that that would be nice. I mean, obviously, I'm not I'm not as caught up on the news as you guys are. So they might have already released all the episode descriptions for the rest <laughs> of the season and this possibility has been eliminated but i do see that possibility there
0: yeah yeah i think i think you know what it's it's the show is lending itself definitely more towards having a halloween episode rather than a christmas special for example we mm-hmm. had we did get our musical episode <laughs> with professor pig as we as we talked about before but uh, but if you're going to lean into something if for forgot them i think it has to be a halloween episode and i think the the last arc of the Scarecrow in the in the show aired somewhere on the sixteenth of October, and you go,ing Why didn't you have a break there and put it on Halloween? Why not? not yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> I don't to work so well. That would be a, a, a an annual tradition that you'd have a, have your Halloween episode for Gotham.
1: Be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah that would that would be nice because I mean, a, a lot of the uh, the horror influenced or Halloween batman stories are some of the best stories they've ever told so i mean mm-hmm. they'd, they'd be a fool not to at least get one out before the series is over
3: absolutely absolutely yeah definitely okay derek <laughs> what's your next point we
0: are gonna run out of points for this season pretty oh, we're damn- not. Quickly, aren't we? <laughs> but i'm gonna take one that i'm sure somebody else wants to talk about i'm really sorry but i loved a very new character that came into the show uh very new because he's only about nine years old Uh, you've just taken mine there you go John we we do that all the time it's okay Uh, yes little little Martine Martine who we mispronounced almost every episode Um, Martin uh, Martin Martin. Martine I loved this character's introduction because it was so necessary for Oswald's character to have uh, this view of him from outside Um, this kind of concept of somebody else trying to learn from him and him getting so protective of uh, of this young creature in his care that he decided to blow him up to hide the fact that he was sending him away from the city and, and putting him into protective custody. So, so you do get a bit of, uh, of Oswald's heart opening, um, which we haven't seen for a few seasons. We've seen him being um, very manipulative of everything going on around him, but I just don't think the series could have continued the way it was going with Oswald if Martijn hadn't been introduced to the show. So that's the reason why it's probably one of my favorite moments from the season. Uh, and also the, the fact that it's a character that doesn't speak and, and writes notes to everybody just made him even cuter. I thought that was
1: hilarious. <laughs> That's great. I yeah. absolutely love it.
0: Drawing. I think you messages. were saying
1: you were saying to me earlier. Did, is this like a character choice, or did the kid just have a really hard time remembering his lines? He looked really creepy, so they wanted to keep him. <laughs> I love that. I
2: idea. was like, it could have gone either way. He's
4: a little kid. <laughs>
0: I love that idea. Uh, I know he's actually he's actually a stage actor and has done a lot of uh, a lot of musicals uh, in the past. So maybe his voice just wouldn't work uh, without him singing every line. Maybe that was going to be the other option for them. Uh, but I loved him awesome. drawing like drawing little hand man and uh, little stick man and, and yeah. uh, writing lines.
4: I think my favorite was when he did the picture kidnapped.
3: Yes. I was like, <laughs> yeah, did yeah. they
4: waited long enough for you to
3: do that? <laughs> That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah, he could have joined in with Professor Pig for the Meat Pie Tango. Um, he could have let his vocal cords really go. There.
1: <laughs> I I did like the the whole conceit of the character though because it, it felt very comic book because it was so visual. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I I could totally see a character like that popping up in any DC comic book any ta- any day of the year.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. It does. It, it sometimes they really hit the nail on something absolutely right for Gotham, and sometimes it feels pulled mm-hmm. from the comics, and sometimes
3: they get. The bounce, right, completely. Yeah. yeah, and of course we you know, we thought we'd lost little Martine in that big bad kind of bomb explosion. Mm-hmm. Um and, yeah. then, and then you realise that actually big penguin, Daddy Penguin has got a big heart there. Mm-hmm. For people that yeah. you know, he he kind of trusts and knows we'll be loyal. So I really like that dynamic as well, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, it, it, it was like when when the bomb went off in the car, I was like great, awesome, you know, vicious vicious penguin is back, baby. Mm-hmm. And then and then <laughs> when the reveal happened, you saw the kid was still alive. I was like, oh, penguin, he does have a heart. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the only man disappointed with somebody having a heart. Bill Meeks.
1: Anyway. <laughs> you can put that on my gravestone. I like it. This like man it. was disappointed by people feelings
0: as, <laughs> and I have to say the fact that you point, pointed that out Bill uh, this is the first season we've been able to watch live um, on as it airs in, on Fox um, and having that moment where the explosion goes off before an ad break I absolutely was going they've just killed a kid mm-hmm. on this show
1: uh, second kid this season yeah. as well uh, after Alex well so. I, I, th- I think Anne-Marie has a confession related to, to this don't you
4: oh you're really going to call me out yeah I'm really oh, going to hey. call you out so, when it was first airing, I may have fallen asleep during that point. And when we were re watching, I completely didn't realize that Martine
1: lived. Uh, <laughs> and she was and like, Oh, was yeah, it's so sad he, he died. And I was like, He didn't die. He, <laughs> no, they can And she was like, No, no, he died. And I was like, Just keep watching.
0: No way. I yeah, love this.
1: <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. It, it was, just, you know.
0: Well, imagine, imagine how, how much worse it would have been if Legends of Gotham was going on and you went into the podcast thinking that Martina died. <laughs>
1: See, very that true. that would have been very hammering. That would have been very hammering. <laughs> that would have been a classic Legends of Gotham moment. Absolutely. It would have been. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. I think it's, what, one last round? I
0: think we can do one last round. One can last we,
3: round? Can we get one last round out of everybody? Absolutely. Yeah. So, on our final round... Anne-Marie, what's one okay. of your big bangs of the first part of season four?
4: I love when random officer number 65 rips up the crime license and says that, that they aren't accepting them anymore. I was like, yes. Oh, yes, finally, after four and a half years, somebody is on Jim's side. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a tiny victory. They are not all pawn scum of Gotham. And he has backup other than the strike force who will die. Yeah. So it, it was... It was just a like. It was a nice victory for Jim to see somebody without being prompted mm-hmm. to take that step.
0: That was nice, wasn't it? Finally, uh, after after so many seasons of going, is Jim just doing everything wrong here, or does anybody think he's doing something right? It must be quite difficult <laughs> for the character to exactly. actually just keep pushing through his moral compass, as John likes to call it, um, where he just keeps
3: going. I'm just going to do whatever I want to this save Jim? the city. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, and nobody's supporting him. Yeah. Jim, I think, is probably the worst detective in the world. But <laughs> but he actually redeemed himself, I think, towards the, the end of this first half. Yeah. 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 And in fairness to him, I do like his uh, writing and directing. I was really impressed with uh, Ben McKenzie uh, you know, mm-hmm. doing those, those two episodes and then directing one of them. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And they seem to really work because I actually felt it kind of did focus in a bit more on, on Jimmy. It kind of zoomed in. Obviously, he's writing for himself and he's kind of going, "I need to solve a case or you know <laughs> something like this." And it's kind of like, and he does it. And I, I thought it worked really well that that episode. Yeah.
1: yeah, Which ones were those, or which one was that again? I just refresh my memory because, like I said, we just binged all of these over the past twenty-four hours.
3: Go on, John. A Dark Knight, The Demon's Head.
1: Yeah, he wrote
4: Demon's Head and directed these delicate and dark obsessions. Yes. Yes.
3: Oh, that's last season. That was last season. Okay. Yeah. Which was excellent. Okay. Yes. The, yes. Yeah, it, it really was. It's where Alex gets killed yeah. by... Alex by, uh, gets by killed.
2: Right yeah, so cool. okay. okay. Okay.
0: Which I think we've all mentioned uh, as a little moment. At some point or class. another, Yeah, yes. <laughs> I know. There you go. So that, that's how good the episode was by Ben McKenzie.
1: Well, it's, it's a weird thing. When you kill an innocent kid, you, people just can't let it go. <laughs> Crazy. I just remember yeah, forever. Forever.
3: <laughs> so, Bill, what's one of your uh, top points?
1: It actually <laughs> relates to Jim Gordon. I, and it was when Jim kind of, and apologies if you guys have to beat this out, he kind of screwed over Harvey. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, they, yeah. they've been walking back uh, sort of the the moral turnaround that Harvey Bullock is a character made over the first couple seasons since season three. And, it, and so it's nice to finally have Jim as a character, see that as well. Cause I mean, they've had their differences, but at the end of the day, Jim was always like, Harvey's a good guy. He's going to have my back. He's going to do the job. And I think this, this moment is when he realized, no, wait a second, Harvey isn't doing the job. And no matter how much I'm being manipulated, into this position as captain i have to take it because uh, the gcpd is dead if harvey bullock's in charge of it
2: Mm -hmm, and
1: it it just kind of drew out to me that harvey as a character sort of lives in fear and that fear ended up getting a bunch of cops killed uh you know along the way and he he doesn't really want to take responsibility for his actions he he makes these decisions very assuredly, but then the second they blow up in space, he disappears. He's in his office drinking whiskey. So, well, I, I don't know where this is going to land, the, uh, the Jim Harvey dynamic, that dynamic duo <laughs> dynamic mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of the season. I did think it was very cool to see Jim finally call him out on his crap and you know step step into a more leadership role within the gcpd so that was one of my favorites
3: oh yeah, yeah that that was really good you've stolen one of my points as well bill i like <laughs> that, that that's two people now Anne Marie, thank you thank you so much for not seeing anyone you're points. welcome
1: to you're be welcome. to be fair i skipped one of my points you know what it was called the meat pie thing Okay,
3: we're quits then. Yeah, absolutely. Um but I I really agree with you that I thought like and, and I mean we actually had done it on um on the podcast. You know, we were doing Bullockism of the week. Um mm-hmm. in, in a sense, like I think we really felt that, you know, season one we saw Harvey drinking the the Pepsi Bismol, uh we See him being fairly dubious character, and so on, and then he kind of just was always there for for Jim and was just in some ways delivering this comedy line um each time and there was nothing as per se wrong with that at all, but it was actually really nice to see this partnership kind of really get jeopardized really and I think just moving on from what you had said there bill um about Jim sticking it to harvey I think moving on and just the the reverse of that when jim was in that position and he had to dance with the devil i suppose in the pale moonlight and what wh- was he gonna <laughs> where's he gonna go um and you know he chose sophia and ultimately she didn't turn out uh in in the way that he was was hoping and then started to sort of push against that Okay, it was maybe a bit mean of Harvey to come in uh, at Falcone's funeral and effectively say, I told you so. But right. I think the way in which he delivered it, I think it, it really put further kind of tension between these two people as well. It In, in that, you know, you're judging me, I'm judging... You know, it, it's really become a bit more um, sort of uneven, this relationship now. You, you don't quite know you know whether they even trust one another anymore because mm-hmm. they they're mm-hmm. both feeling uh maybe slightly betrayed to some extent uh, by by each other in terms of what they've done you know harvey automatically thought he would have the back of jim and he pulls that rug from under him and then rather than harvey supporting jim although he does a little bit he kind of really just sticks the knife in again and says yeah. i told you there would be a price for this you know mm-hmm. uh, and i i thought i thought that was excellent so definitely definitely with you there bill yeah
1: Yeah, one would hope that, you know, they've had their ups and downs before that their relationship would rally before the end of the season. But by the same token, you know, their dynamic in the comics and Batman, the animated series, everything else. You know, it's always been sort of uneasy. So yeah. maybe this is like the origin of that uneasiness between them.
0: That's a really good point. Yeah, it, it's almost like, you know, in, in, the, in the comics or in the other versions of, the, of these two characters, it's very much just felt like boss and subordinate. It's There's never been this mm-hmm. huge their best friends when they go out for a couple of drinks um, afterwards. That was very much a Gotham creation. So it's possible we won't get Jim and Harvey back together on the same side or going out for drinks again. That would be very sad.
1: I mean, that's not going to stop Harvey from going out for drinks. That's very true. I mean, they're true. not no, going to go together.
0: Yeah, and, and Jim pulling his uh, his um, whiskey from from the drawer of his captain's <laughs> desk. Uh, I'm sure that might happen once or twice as well. <laughs> John, was that your uh, your last point for the rent table? It was one
3: of table? my points. Okay. Um, as always, you know, I have way more than I you should. Are have are a cheater. <laughs> and we've already covered Martin, I and mean, then Alex has been thrown in the mix there. And mm-hmm. He was another one. I kind of liked how Alex, how he really got to David Mazus, You know, to the young Bruce Wayne here, that he felt so responsible for for the death of this kid by by Rachelle Ghul. But that's bit by and by. Okay, Zaz is back. Ah, Victor Zaz go. is <laughs> back, and you've stolen Mike Yes, point. exactly. So now we're quits. <laughs> okay. um, I I really liked that he was back, and mm-hmm. um, he puts a smile on my face. He does crazy stuff. I mean, you know, it, there was a lot of comedy there, but done in a I thought a really nice way with Victor Zaz And I think then to to get that final moment with him, which was just the icing on the cake for me where he says oswald's a cobble pot you're a falcone as he kind of you know bends the knee to sophia falcone after her you know wicked chess move on the board that is gotham city uh, to take out jim gordon but the thing is the 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 juicy medium rare steak that is just waiting to happen is when he finds that she was the one that ordered the death of her own father mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um so and I, I i just think that's that's a good sort of bit of just messiness right there between these two characters that's just going to i think probably play quite <coughs> wonderfully in yeah. the future uh, and i think as well just seeing him switch sides from being Cobblepot's right hand man and effectively being treated pretty badly by mm. by Oswald <laughs> uh, you He's know the worst secretary the worst ever secretary seen. ever exactly <laughs> you know to were uh, you know his his kind of first allegiance to the Falcon and adding that bullet uh, casing to the to the coffin of um carmine i just thought was really good so yeah you know he he had his laughs he had his moments of craziness he had his moments of violence but there was also that i think that really good character element where you know he he betrays oswald and and comes back into the falcone fold really so Mm -hmm. that that was one of the big big positives for this first half half of the season totally agree
1: i i I really like what you say there about, uh, you know, him potentially finding out about Sophia's involvement in Carmine's death. Because the, the one thing that's always bothered me a little bit about Zaz is, as you guys know from the comics, he's he's not exactly a professional hitman. He's more of a sadistic serial killer. Yeah. Yes. And I've was i I've always thought, you know, I wonder when that switch is going to flip and what's going to cause it to flip. And that feels like a really strong motivation that's been set up, you know, the entire series yes. for him to kind of do that flip, you know, being betrayed like that. I really like that idea.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good, John. Why, thank you. I'm
3: impressed. The one thing that
0: was missing from, from Zaz this season, though, was that uh, was the Zazettes. I yeah. Guess. The
3: Zazettes have gone, I think. Yeah. I think they've just left them behind. Mm-hmm. When he yeah. Oh, they'll be novel. back.
4: That, they'll yeah. have a new brand anyway. I'm sure. He
3: yeah. Yeah. sure he <laughs> so Derek, uh, what's your final Big point for this first half of the season, hastily looking for things we
0: haven 't covered is my big point right now um, <laughs> Sophia probably is is one thing that uh, stood out to me as actually being quite interesting throughout the season. Um, her manipulation of Jim that was only revealed at the end of the season was it took a long time throughout the show, and I, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop, I suppose, waiting for the realization of what it is, what is our actual plan. For the fact for the I suppose the actual decision to make her plan that she's going to lead the criminal side of Gotham as long as Jim is in her pocket and captain of the GCPD turned out to be mm-hmm. a really good reveal Um, in the end. Mm-hmm. After so many episodes, it did feel like they were pushing a lot of that story to the side and keeping it going for a lot longer than I would have wanted. Um, but it's a 22 episode show, so they do have to fill up the air um, in, in those kind of episodes. So I, I liked that it kept coming back to it over and over again. And I liked how manipulative she ended off being and how intelligent and smart she ended off being, uh, using the sirens uh, on her side, uh, using Professor Pig on her side, having Zaz on her side by the end of the season. Uh, All of these things um, does show that she is the Falcone for for Gotham. She's the one that's going to be the leader of the Falcone crime family now, that her father is sadly murdered by her.
1: Yeah,
3: pretty ruthless. Mm.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I was a little uneven on Sophia in the Mm -hmm. first half of the season, but... The, the kind of watershed moment that really won me over on her uh, was the torture scene with the dentist. And you realize that, oh, she, she's Penguin from season one. She's 20 steps ahead of everybody else. And you finally see that mask drop and you see kind of like the vicious gangster she is coming yes. through. Yeah, Yes.
0: That's a great moment, actually
1: definitely that
0: was one of my other points that we didn't get to oh shoot <laughs> almost stole it well i suppose on that note that's our that's our kind of top four each i suppose so that's you're getting quite a, a significant bungle here listeners we normally do just top five points and we've done uh, 16
3: there yeah exactly <laughs> um, but our next point is there anything else that we're missing <laughs> so roll dentist drill
4: um i have things so we never mentioned Ivy in any way, shape, or form. Is no. that because we're getting her replaced again? Um, I, maybe, possibly. She <laughs> was boring.
0: There was because they
4: didn't give her. They didn't give her anything to do. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. There was a lot of wheel spinning that happened this season after recasting the yeah. character. You'd expect that they recast it for a purpose, and sadly, Maggie had to, to only spent a very short amount of time revealing the fact that she has changed from. Uh, from Claire Foley and from our original Poison Ivy?
3: Well, it was kind of... We saw her taking on all the potions, uh, you know, the, yeah. the the sort of Far Eastern potions, went, and then we didn't really see her, and then... That's it. That's it. And yep. it's kind of like... I was just really enjoying... I loved her dynamic with Penguin, uh, where she's mm-hmm. helping him find out who's betrayed mm-hmm. him from, from the previous season. I thought thought you know you were kind of the just on the cusp of going oh we we're, we're starting to see poison ivy really integrate here um you know and and then we're going to see the change and we we kind of saw the the start of that and then it was nothing and it was yeah. okay and then another recast so yeah
4: <laughs> and i feel yeah. like they have to do the recast because they didn't use her as well
3: yeah yeah
4: because she definitely was old enough to do whatever they were going to try and do, and I just feel like they didn't give her enough. So the actress was like, "Bye, I'm going to go find something that'll actually use me."
0: Yeah, I, I totally well, I, I feel that.
1: like that's a strong possibility. I it, we know from you know covering the show over the years that a lot of times they have really solid plans. They get bumped a season or an episode, oh, yeah. or you know, a couple seasons. Yeah. So I feel like what might have happened is they came up with this decision like okay well we can't have the girl who's playing ivy pepper become sexy seductress poison ivy because that would be really weird and creepy yeah so let's cast an older actress and we'll bring her in and she'll be really prominent and then they're like oh wait a second but we want to do professor pig or some other yeah. reason so they probably just kept holding her back and eventually you know actresses have to work so she found another yeah. job yeah. so they had to recast again
0: yeah totally agree uh, it's, it's either that or by season eight she's going to be played by betty white <laughs> with <laughs> one of <or> the
1: other. <laughs> one one other possibility that kind of flitted past my mind is just that when she initially turned older mm-hmm. she was mm-hmm. uh, the actress uh, was very much kind of taking on the characteristics and the personality of the the child actor who played Ivy Pepper at first and maybe they thought it would be too harsh of a transition to make her full on you know sexy dangerous poison ivy considering that you know for the first several episodes she was in it she was kind of playing a kid version yeah, uh, yeah. Of Poison yeah but, Ivy she's, so. but she still
4: had that seductive murderousness in those early episodes
1: yeah it, it was
3: kind of like the kid was still caught within the the grown up's body uh, and i thought that right. was a really interesting way of doing it mm-hmm. and i thought in terms of the transition, then it was, you know, she gets uh, a full bang of those potions um, right. f- and then you would get that full transition. And that's the thing. It always mm-hmm. felt that, unfortunately, this character was just in a transition. And for for Maggie Gihal, who played, uh, she's not been able to take it through to the logical kind of conclusion. That It seemed like that's where it was going and then got the recast. But... Yeah. yeah, there you go. We
0: will see there you go. Peyton List coming up, uh, hopefully later on the season, and hopefully they'll give her a lot more to do as the character because uh, Poison Ivy is a critical character, really in the uh, in the history of Batman. There's lots of really interesting stories that she has uh, coming up, so for they'll set her up well um, for use in the series is one of the big villains.
3: Yeah, and Mad Hatter yes. didn't really um, have that much in, in this first half no. either, but I'm hoping really to to see him uh, in, in that second half when I suppose the bad guys assemble. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. Bad guys <laughs> yeah. assemble.
1: Bad the, guys assemble. Yeah. There's no copyright Woo-hoo! on that, is there?
3: No. <laughs> I hope not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else we might've missed on Marie Bill?
1: Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I think we got all, all the big bits. Mm-hmm. I just, again, uh, that last minute reveal with Jerome in the c- cell next to penguin, uh, just with how, how psychotic this penguin is, and how you know psychotic naturally Jerome or the Joker is. It's it's the tease of that dynamic moving forward it was very interested, and I'm very interested to see how those characters play off each other, oh, you yeah. know, moving forward.
0: Especially as yeah. Oswald is effectively becoming Arya Stark with his list of people he's going to kill when he gets out of Arkham Asylum, and that's the moment <laughs> that Jerome chooses to pounce and be, try and propose a friendship between them. That's yeah. uh,
3: that's going to be a lot of fun to see. There is one other thing that we've forgotten okay. about, actually. Alright. Oh yes. Oh yes. That's Myrtle Jenkins. Um who breaks <laughs> oh, the Riddler out of his ice prison. Um like Infernus, mm. I was sad that she was lost so quickly from mm-hmm. the show. Um I really I really enjoyed the Riddle fan. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um you oh, know, yeah,
1: well- like the, that, that whole character's deal uh, was exactly what me and Anne Marie thought Kristen Kringle was going to be. Where she was like, "Oh, I'm the female Riddler, and we're going to go have all sorts of fun crime yeah. mm-hmm. adventures." Yeah, you know, so great to see.
4: She
3: lovingly—that's <laughs> what I
1: wanted her to be. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, she lovingly tended to the Edsicle, and then effectively, he killed her. Yeah, yeah. Book, uh, mm-hmm. book to the face, if I remember right. <laughs> Booked to the face, which was comedy genius <laughs> in itself. <laughs>
0: Uh, yes, Myrtle Jenkins sadly missed for the show. Yes, she was a, was a lot of fun for that episode. It just, it just she just came out of nowhere, and I did feel moments. And I know you guys used to live tweet episodes, and, and are definitely a part of the Gotham fandom. There are one or two characters in the Gotham fandom that this may have been based on. Um, <laughs> or, the, or that i may have had a convention <laughs> <laughs> over the years maybe not what just are you talking gotham.
1: about i've never seen anyone get creepily obsessed before michael <laughs> ever
0: no no, <laughs> never. no. I, I, I just have a feeling that even though he didn't get a writing credit he may have been able to give some input into uh, yeah No.
3: <laughs> absolutely but it is that one thing as well i think that gotham can do really well which you know from left field out pops this really interesting character um, you know, completely cookie, completely balmy, mm-hmm. absolutely off her rocker, but she just <laughs> steals um, the limelight. You know, you just immediately are bought into it because I think of how Gotham can balance uh, absolute, real dark humor with kind of horror, a lot of blood, um, along with some. Just really solid writing. It, it reminds me of the crazy lady in the attic uh, with the birds from... Was it season two? <gasps> oh,
2: yeah.
3: I think... I can't yes. remember the for the life of me. She, to me, was a, another Myrtle Jenkins. Mm-hmm. And they always seem to be kooky ladies. But I really thought it was just... Like this breath of just fun Mm -hmm. that got through on that episode.
1: That's one of the nice things about them basing all the production of this in New York City is they can get all of these great stage actors who have sort of that that Gotham-esque, you know, facing the audience presentational style of acting that works so great for these smaller roles that, you know, any other show like a Law & Order SVU would just cast uh john jackie joe blonde guy down the street to yes. play play a role i and you know gotham they go and they tap these people who just have a very rich sort of stage persona that they can bring to the character and really bring it to life and differentiate it from other you know small time characters like the guy running the uh walmart for weapons all that kind of like it, even this season the the dentist and uh Oswald's uh, I forget his name but the accountant the guy who kept track of all the licenses and everything. Yes. Two great solid character actor performances Definitely. and it's just so great that they, they have access to that resource being in New York.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Penn uh, is the uh, is the new right-hand man for Oswald. Last seen being tortured by um, mm-hmm. by Tabitha sadly yes (laughs) um
3: but as it should be pen was heading where the sun don't shine
0: something like that john yes um (laughs) that kind of leads me on to my only other note and kind of a hope for next season is my final my final note about what we're what we're missing which is the sirens um i really loved the team up of these characters i loved the team up of having um selena kyle uh tabitha and babs together working together even though they've got an uneasy alliance but they had some great moments in the season, but just feel like they just need a little bit more. So one of my hopes for the next half of the season is that we're going to get much more of the Sirens working together, doing jobs, you know, pulling, taking down banks, you know, pulling heists, that kind of stuff, potentially. Um, I'd like to see them have a, a, an episode focused on those three characters together and how they play off each other.
3: Yeah, and Barbara needs to kind of really, she must in some way be driving the return of Rachel ghoul mm-hmm. maybe, or... You know, that whole sort of elixir that got passed and that spirit or whatever got passed to her, like that surely got to start to come through. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And she's going to have to have a new haircut because I think she does every half season. She does. So. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> But it is fabulous. <laughs> definitely definitely oh one other thing i i, I wanted to mention that me and emory kept joking about while we were we were rewatching
2: mm-hmm.
1: was the fact that Sophia Falcone for some reason seems to like the, to cut uh, like a triangle out of the front of all of her shirts and dresses <laughs> and i think it kind of it spread out <laughs> over to barbara too because we noticed a couple of barbara's outfits this season had the same thing going on so maybe Sophia's sneaking into her wardrobe or something i don't know i'm just saying
3: i love it i love it i didn't notice that at all so um you haven't you i'll haven't have been to check the, you, <laughs> you haven't been looking at the triangular area no the... i haven't <laughs> no. <laughs> um
0: anybody else got anything that they're hoping for for the next half of the season i know bill you're, you were you talking about the uh the meetup of jerome and uh, oswald and marie anything that's standing out for you that might be coming up are the hope no, might be
4: coming? My hope was The Trio of Ladies, so you got oh. me covered there.
3: There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, John
4: anything for you? That's
3: Um answer? I I think I really just I want to see the Mad Hatter back. I mm. I love that character. I want to It's kind of who is Jerome going to assemble? I mean, I don't want to jump the gun, but I do feel that that is kind of You know, there's going to be this dark army of Gotham villains that sort of unite and so on. And certainly, at least starting in in Arkham Asylum, he's got the Penguin. But, I mean, there's just been so many good bad guys with Jerome himself, Oswald, uh, Corey Michael Smith as Ed Nigma Mm -hmm. and the Riddler. And, I I mean, I love the Mad Hatter. He's one of my favorite characters. Mm -hmm. I loved how he was uh, portrayed in, in the previous season. Love to see him back with Scarecrow. We've got the Toymaker at, coming in as well. At mm-hmm. least that we that's one other that we know of. But um, well, with the Toymaker coming, that just means we've only got a few
0: more seasons till Condom and King finally makes his yes. appearance on Gotham.
1: <laughs> one day! Give me my mustard! <laughs>
3: so I, I really that's what I'm hoping of for some of those really great um, actors that have play some really great proto villains of the batman just Mm -hmm. step forward with jerome and and oswald here
1: it it would be nice even if there was like one scene in the finale where it's like every villain we've seen the entire series like anywhere down from you know the the guy that uh was dressed up as the crazy superhero guy from galavan back in season two (laughs) you, you know just There's been such a wide breadth of characters on this show so far that it would be great to see them all assembled for one, you know, final face-off with the GCPD or something. I love love it.
3: And also that my theory from season one is finally proved correct, that Killer Croc comes from beneath the sewers. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's never happened. There was a a tease by Gotham that maybe he was there with uh, Indian Hill and all the biological experiments being done, but instead, mm-hmm. no, it was more of a dinosaur kind of thing, a stegosaurus. Yeah.
1: I still say that it was intended to be Killer Croc, but then they realized they were using him in Suicide Squad and DC had the re- weird rule about not using multiple yeah. characters and multiple different... Interpretations of the character, so mm-hmm. I think I think that was supposed to be, and then it wasn't.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he, mm-hmm. he looked good just
3: before he got run over by a truck. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Killed Croc. Killed Croc. Exactly. We now <laughs> refer a, to that's him. That's the Gotham
1: version. Yeah. Killed Croc.
3: <laughs> we now refer to him in the past tense. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, on that, anything else that we need to talk
0: about, or can we pop on to our final little touch with our little bit of feedback? Yeah. Everybody happy? Yep. We're good. Okay, cool. Right, let's get on to a little bit of feedback that we
3: got in. Uh, first piece of feedback comes from Charlotte Bain over at our Facebook group. Yeah, Charlotte goes, I can't wait to see Zaz's reaction to Sophia killing her own father. Uh-oh, Grundy and Ed are priceless, and Lee completes the group. I'm very happy about Lucius being more active in the GCPD as well, and Bruce's life, like a good uncle. Uh, the Sirens, I love them. I thought of them working with Lee too. Uh, we'll see Selena will definitely freak out over Ivy and her mani- manipulative and murderous ways. I wonder about Tabitha too. If Grundy gets his memory back, Ed will be done. Oh my God, love. Hashtag Gotham. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's thanks, how Charlotte. That's how you sum up half a season in <laughs> yeah. a couple of paragraphs, John. <laughs> Absolutely. I am yeah. very impressed. Here. I mean, definitely. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Selena sort of uh, how selena and ivy's relationship plays out um and actually just mentioning tabitha there um you know i loved the idea that tabitha was going to kind of teach selena and that didn't really happen either Mm -hmm. um you know where kind of tabitha throws her signature whip and tells selena to practice over on the bottle and she gets it in one i was thinking you know again the tigress creating Catwoman, i thought would have been really interesting to see and, and whilst they were obviously together in the sirens they didn't there, there wasn't really that kind of you know teacher student relationship it would kind of been you know similar to alfred and, and bruce it wasn't um, wasn't set up in like episode two of the season and then they didn't appear again until
0: episode five yeah. and you just assumed while they were off screen i guess that's what they were doing
3: yeah so that that was kind of i, I wish that had happened definitely
1: I, I really hope that at some point we find out whatever happened to Silver St. Cloud, because she was related to Tabitha. They took off on those, you know, hand gliders or whatever, and then we never saw her again. Wasn't,
3: wasn't she pitched down in the Atlantic Ocean. She's gone. <laughs> she uh, yeah she pushed out the window on a, on a parachute, yeah. as far as I know. I remember. think we talked about that in one of our podcasts, actually. It was like, is she still floating down Do to the ground, serene? <laughs>
1: The air in Gotham is very thick. It takes a while.
2: It does. It
3: does. <laughs> what makes it actually worse is I think I actually spoke
0: to the actress who played uh, Silver State Clown and asked her about that. And she said, well, I might return in future. Um, yeah. But she's, she's off getting mutant powers on giftedness. So. It, it'd
3: kind of be like yes. Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. She'll suddenly come crashing through a window <laughs> w- w- on, on a parachute, you know, kicking someone who is about to take out Tabitha across the room and something. I and know. it'll be like the <laughs> longest ever setup. That would be pretty impressive.
1: Or she's been sitting on the steps outside of Bruce's school waiting for him and he just never showed up because he's too busy being prayer's help.
3: That's true.
4: (laughs) Because he doesn't go to school anymore.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Or the alternative is the parachute never opened and she just splashes (laughs) on the pavement here.
0: Gotham would have showed that,
3: though, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. They've been proud of that one. In graphic detail.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Would you guys want to take the next piece of feedback? Anne-Marie, do you want to take uh, Claire Payne?
1: Oh, sure.
4: Um, Gosh, so many moments. The meat pie tango was superb. Professor Pig was excellent. Completely different to how I expected him to be. Clever casting of an actor who had to be completely theatrically different to the rest of the Gotham cast. So true.
3: Absolutely. (laughs) Definitely... um... Loved the Professor Pig. One of my top moments, uh, for sure. And, and yeah, just what he brought. I suppose, as like you were saying, Bill, you know, you can see the 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 theater coming out uh, from the actor here uh, in, in his portrayal. In mm. fact, I think he had played Sweeney Todd as well.
1: Mm. It, am I wrong, or is he the same guy who voices Professor Pig in the Arkham Games? I thought I had heard that. I, I could
0: be wrong. I don't think. I don't think it is. No, I think this is. This was the okay. first time he played the the character in the in the role in Gotham.
1: Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I was wrong.
0: <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. They definitely took some inspiration for the look from uh, from the Arkham <laughs> games, though. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Oh, definitely. Okay. Another comment you guys have here. I just had I had this feeling. Uh, Sophia was connected to Pig in some way, but the reveal she hired him was brilliant.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ha- yeah. I never saw that coming.
4: No. <laughs>
3: nope. Nope. Not at all.
4: Which we all should have because she's playing 10 dimensional chess.
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> that is absolutely. She's in Star Trek and everyone else is in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Claire goes, every single scene Jim and Harvey have done together since episode one, uh, the slow tension building up in their working relationship was brilliant to watch. And of course, heartbreaking to the moment that Jim fires him as captain. Uh, we've had some really good introduction of new characters this season as well some have stayed longer than others Myrtle Jenkins was a complete surprise and a delight as Ed's number one fan working out the penguins movements so she could defrost him Ed's reaction to Myrtle was perfect you see just a, a total standout character great uh, great moment in the season mm-hmm. Claire goes on to say,
0: Mr. Penn, hopefully he's still around and see a bit more of him the rest of the season. I've said it before, but simply the bravest man in Gotham. Not only Oswald's number one guy, but he has to deliver such bad news to Oswald in episode eight. Yeah, (laughs) Oswald's never very good at bad news. And he did let Mr. Penn live. So hopefully we'll see see him back next season.
1: Robin Lord Taylor definitely leaned into his petulant toddler uh you know freak outs this season.
3: Oh yes. You wanted a war, you've got a war. Yeah. He he loved doing those. Yeah. Claire also goes, Martin was fantastic plot character again, partly orchestrated by Sophia. But Martin wanting to stick with Oswald, not only was Martin cute, he was also brought out a slightly comedic side in Oswald, which has been fun to watch. Uh, cherry as well as a character with such striking intense style that stood out in the darkness of the fight club uh we didn't really get to know her but it was clear she only cared about winning fighters and not necessarily the people of the narrows yeah absolutely you forgot about cherry actually within in the cherry mm-hmm. bomb fight club dispatched by by leslie showing a bit of a, a ruthless bloody side to her uh, as
1: well Oh, yeah, that might, I think, well, I, isn't that the first time she's directly killed somebody when she wasn't under the influence of the... But she didn't kill her. She took down
4: Firefly and Babs Oh, yeah.
2: That's, that's, right. that's true. Which yes. was
4: kind of entertaining to see the two of them, in essence, team up for a hot second. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Okay, yeah, that's it. Sorry, my, uh, my bad third. Yeah, she took out Firefly and then, yes, Babs decided she had had enough of uh, cherry bomb that's right that's
0: right perhaps we'll see a team up between the two of them and sophia uh, (laughs) as all former lovers of uh, of jim gordon team up together
1: The ex-girlfriends club. Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And finally, uh, Claire Payne says, the welcome return on the good decision in giving Zaz more screen time was spot on. It was Zaz's grief for Falcone and not being convinced the Penguin wasn't behind his death. It's going to be so uh, interesting to see if Zaz will support Sophia if and when he finds out it was Sophia had had her father killed. Characters working together has worked extremely well this season. Loved Tabitha and Selina. Tabitha mentoring Selina is working in the right way with Barbara joining them to make a trio. Uh, Does work. The look on their faces when they see Ed and Grundy and Sherry at Sherry's Fight Club is perfect. Barbara catching up but Leslie was another highlight of Episode 8. Could the sirens be useful to Leslie in future episodes? Absolutely.
4: Yeah? That would be an interesting relationship for yeah. sure. Yeah.
0: They could become the enforcers for uh, the Tompkins Fight Club, as it probably is going to be called.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really hope they strike out and strike fear, to be honest. Yeah. I, I think it's a, it's it's a good... Um, it's a good grouping of, of, of these these ladies in, in Gotham for me um, I really enjoy it and I, I think um, you know as you said Derek I think just Leslie Tompkins as a character having room to breathe away from Jim Gordon as has happened with Barbara but whenever they see Jim there are touch points back to that it is really good I think it really helps with their, their characters
1: Yeah, it's also kind of interesting, you know, that all three of them are characters who sort of, they they had these deep relationships with different male characters on the show, and those have all sort of dissolved, so they've all sort of banded together. I kind of like that dynamic.
3: Yeah, 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 absolutely agree. Yeah, and so... Finally, finally, from Claire, Uh, Grundy, Ed, and Leslie, another perfect team-up. I am very excited to see how Lee and Ed run the Narrows. Tabitha's determination to make Grundy remember, he used to be Butch, another highlight from the first half of the season. Lucius helping out Bruce and Alfred with rock climbing equipment was just cool. He knows they're up to something, but what exactly he doesn't know yet lucius what we have seen of him has been really good he's showing his skills at the gcpd in what he knows but being able to go and liaise with the other gcpd professionals makes his place at the gcpd believable yeah, yeah it's kind of interesting how we've already touched on lucius um But yeah, he he's kind of he's muscling his way into both um, the the precinct there in Gotham, but also uh, with Bruce Wayne and Alfred. I think it's uh, really be interesting in terms of you know how will Ed now that he's seeing double again in, in the mirror and his his uh, other personality is starting to come out, you know, I wonder whether Grundy, Ed and Leslie are going to be another perfect team up moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not sure that's going to end too well. Excellent. But well, that
0: is all of our feedback. Thank you so much, Claire. Thank you so much, Charlotte, for that feedback. I uh, only put it out last night. So uh, so quite impressed to get that, uh, that amount of feedback in uh, overnight. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, Bill and Anne-Marie, thank you so much for joining us for an extended episode, uh, an extended discussion about uh, Gotham Season 4. Uh, always good to hear your thoughts since we don't get to hear them weekly anymore. Uh, can we just call up after every episode and just ask you to, what your thoughts are?
1: <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. You, you, have, you have our private line. I mean, you guys are bay to us. Absolutely. So. <laughs> <laughs> always. <laughs>
0: As anything, anything that you're currently doing at the moment that you'd like to talk about?
1: I don't know about Anne Marie, but I, I'm actually kind of starting to work on a podcast. That actually, after we're done with the recording, I'd like to talk to you guys about. Very good. But uh, just uh, uh, yes. I would watch. I would watch my Twitter at Bill Meeks. There's probably going to be some announcements coming down the pike in the next month or so.
0: Excellent. Okay. Excellent. excellent. We will certainly be checking. Yeah, out. absolutely. Mm. Anne Marie, anything uh, you want to talk about?
4: Um, nothing that your listeners would be terribly interested in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have a very diverse uh, section of listeners, though, Anne Marie.
4: Well, unless they're in Orlando, it unfortunately doesn't affect
1: them. Okay, perhaps not, perhaps not. You can see us at Universal Studios every weekend for the next year because we have annual passes.
0: Oh,
3: fantastic. Lucky ducks, absolutely.
0: (laughs) I love it. And listeners, thank you so much, as always, for joining us for Gotham TV Podcast. As I said, we will be back later this week with our interview with David Mazus, and we'll be back for season or episode 12, Pieces of a Broken Mirror, uh, just after the 1st of March when the episode airs. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast over at GothamTVPodcast.com. Loads of subscribe links there. And if you want to find us on any good or evil podcast catcher, you can just type in Gotham TV Podcast.
3: Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, Amory and uh, Bill, for joining us. Uh, it's been really good fun. Uh, really enjoyed hearing your thoughts on, on season four so far of Gotham. It's just been uh, it, it's been a good hoot. And as always, thank you so much to the uh, listening as well.
1: Oh well, definitely thank you guys for taking the hint that we wanted you to invite us on. So. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, thank you for having us on. We appreciate it.
0: Love us, love us. We will talk to you again very soon. Yep. Yeah. Speak to you next time. Bye. Say bye, Bill and Emery. Bye.
2: bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being a Butch
0: supporter. Butch loves you, baby.
1: Which ones were those, or which one was that again? I just refreshed my memory because, like I said, we just binged all of these over the past twenty-four hours.
3: Go on, John. Well, this is a classic Gotham TV podcast moment where I can't remember. <laughs> oh, you, you mean where we edit out the part that you don't remember and put in the part where you do? Is so... that? Um, I can't remember. It wasn't. It. It was it. A, uh, a day in the Narrows. I think it was. Oh, to, I love that one. I think.
1: Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Uh,
3: mm-hmm. But but I will actually. But we are like, just going to search gonna because yeah. And, uh,
1: search. So you guys are going to search your minds, <laughs> not Google. No, right. absolutely. That's right. Answer completely <laughs> organic. I am. Ah, <gasps> oh, see, this is what we call watch us
4: Google things.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do a Julie Andrews recall moment. <laughs> I think. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. It's oh. taking longer oh than expected, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> I am, TV, I
1: am It always does. When you need it the most, it always takes the longest it ever takes.
0: Every time. Every time. And what makes it worse is I just looked up Jim Gordon directed episodes of Gotham. <laughs> apparently, apparently Jim Gordon hasn't directed any episodes of Gotham. Did you know that? Um <laughs>
1: Well, he actually hopped on the Cosmic Treadmill one time and came to Earth Prime, and he did one episode. But, uh, it was the Balloon Man episode, no one liked oh, it. No one liked it, exactly. Oh, yes. <laughs> except for me. Oh, yeah, damn. I was about to
4: say, except for you.
3: <laughs> yes, I was just going to say, that's kind of like a flashback to uh, a place in Gotham that I didn't want to go to, is the Balloon Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, Julie's not working at all. <laughs> <Julie> Angela, <laughs> Julia, so, uh, okay, so. that's fair
2: that's
1: fair I, it, it was he, he did he all of the four. episodes right ben mckenzie wrote and directed all of the episodes he also actually he is david He uh, <laughs> just puts on the just, wig he just stands on his knees and he has a mask
3: that so. yes
4: he wrote okay, a dark night the
3: demon's head
4: <laughs> yeah he wrote demon's head and directed these delicate and dark obsessions yes, yes. no that's something else
3: oh that's last season that was last season yeah which was excellent yeah yeah, it it really was um